Michael Saylor says he will forever buy Bitcoin because there's no reason to sell the winner. Good morning. You're listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph with me, Robert Bags, steering you through the crypto cosmos with daily dispatches from the digital frontier. If you want to Occam's razor your way to the front of the pack in crypto, make sure you click that follow button. Grab yourself a coffee and let's get into it. Your daily debrief is again packed with big stories in crypto, and we're going to start with two reasons to be bullish about Bitcoin. We'll then move on to Brad Garlinghouse, the CEO of Ripple, who has said they welcome an XRP ETF. Terraform's Do Kwon is being extradited to the United States, and Tether won't confirm or deny whether they plan to drop USDT from Tron. Bitcoin has been a little quieter this week with fewer interesting narratives, but if you fancy starting your day all bullish for Bitcoin, well, I can help. Michael Saylor, the co-founder and executive chairman of MicroStrategy, spoke to Bloomberg recently and some of it reads like a locker room speech for crypto folk. I've covered MicroStrategy a lot, but here is a brief summary. They are the biggest publicly traded holder of Bitcoin with a hoard of 190,000 BTC and have been aggressively buying Bitcoin since 2020, including taking on debt to do so. Saylor has also been executing a similar tactic with his personal wealth, albeit without the debt part. Well, at least that we know. Although there was a period where MicroStrategy was deep in the red with its Bitcoin purchases, they just kept on buying and now their 190,000 Bitcoin is worth around 9.88 billion and 4 billion of which is unrealized profit. So naturally, the question is, are you going to start taking some profits? Needless to say, that could mean selling large quantities of Bitcoin. Saylor said, Bitcoin is technically superior to those asset classes, and that being the case, there's just no reason to sell the winner to buy the losers. The asset classes he is referring to are gold, the S&P 500 and real estate. But he believes that, and I quote, capital is going to keep flowing from those asset classes into Bitcoin. This takes us nicely back to the spot Bitcoin ETFs, which Saylor of course discussed. He highlighted how they have opened up a gateway for institutional capital to flow into the Bitcoin ecosystem, adding that they're facilitating the digital transformation of capital and every day hundreds of millions of dollars of capital is flowing from the traditional analog ecosystem into the digital economy. In this interview with Bloomberg, there was one line that really stuck with me. Michael Saylor said, I'm going to be buying the top forever. Bitcoin is the exit strategy. Okay, if you want something a little more actionable and detailed on Bitcoin's performance right now, I'd recommend William Suberg's piece that's linked in the description. The TLDR is that some analysts are pointing to the fact that Bitcoin is copying previous bull markets and that we're seeing a pre-halving pullback. Wrecked Capital wrote, In the past, a macro downtrend break always precedes upside going into the halving. Then we have a pre-halving retrace and then a post-halving reaccumulation period and then parabolic price action toward new all-time highs. How's that for a pep talk on a Thursday morning? In a recent interview with Bloomberg, the CEO of Ripple, Brad Garlinghouse, discussed ETFs and made it clear that the firm would welcome an exchange-traded fund based on the XRP token. Now, this is something we've discussed a fair amount, so I won't go too deep into the weeds here. But since the spot Bitcoin ETFs, eyes have started scanning for which token is next. The applications for a spot Ether ETF are already in with varying degrees of optimism around its approval. And we discussed that in yesterday's episode. This then creates the problem of how the SEC stops spot ETFs for every major token without ending up in a legal battle. 
However, it's probably fair to say that the Ripple token XRP, being as it is currently sixth by market cap or fifth if you exclude Tether, would be an early consideration. Garlinghouse stated that it is inevitable that there will be multiple ETFs and that with regards to an XRP ETF, Ripple would certainly welcome it. He added, we think it makes sense for the XRP community overall. During the interview, one interesting angle that Garlinghouse took is how he believes that investors want to diversify when it comes to crypto, just as they would with ordinary stocks. In fact, he compares the spot Bitcoin ETFs to the early days of the stock markets. As a consequence, he predicted that we might see ETFs around baskets to diversify the risks for investors. Right now, it feels as if too much is correlated to the performance of Bitcoin, but it certainly could become the case where all tokens move more independently. This idea of crypto baskets really stuck in my head though. Is that something that could realistically happen? That could bring about one hell of an alt season. It has been a while since we've discussed the Terraform Labs co-founder Do Kwon. For the uninitiated, Terraform Labs created the ecosystem Terra, a stablecoin and global payments platform. Terra created TerraUSD with the ticker UST, a stablecoin algorithmically pegged to the US dollar, as well as linked with its sister token Luna. It was innovative and garnered a lot of attention and investment, but in May 2022, a large sell-off caused UST to lose its peg, and consequently, the entire ecosystem collapsed in on itself like a dying star. This not only led to regulatory scrutiny and questions over algorithmic stablecoins, but it led to the bankruptcy of Voyager Digital, BlockFi, Celsius, FTX, and others. The co-founder Do Kwon was immediately in the wind and his whereabouts was unknown until March 2023 when Montenegrin authorities arrested him for using falsified travel documents. He was sentenced to four months in prison, but that was the least of his concerns. Immediately, the US and South Korea began fighting for who would be able to charge Kwon first. The US Attorney's Office charged Kwon with eight criminal counts after his arrest in Montenegro, and the SEC has a civil case against Kwon and Terra, alleging that both orchestrated a multi-billion dollar crypto asset securities fraud. In fact, the SEC's trial begins next month on the 25th of March. Well, after months of back and forth and a false start, a report yesterday from the Montenegrin news outlet Pobjeda has suggested the outcome. The High Court of Podgorica has rejected a request to extradite Kwon to South Korea before the United States following an appeal by Kwon's legal team. We do not currently know when he will be flown back to the United States, but it appears that his extradition back to the US is imminent. Yesterday, I covered a surprising story. The stablecoin issuer Circle announced that effective immediately it had ceased minting USDC on the Tron network and is discontinuing its support. Tron is a leading network for stablecoins and so this was a shock. Circle didn't clearly lay out the reason behind the move, but there was a strong whiff of regulatory concerns, which isn't an enormous leap to believe. The SEC has sued the Tron Foundation and its co-founder Justin Sun for allegedly offering unregistered securities and conducting manipulative trading, which Sun denies. As I mentioned in the Circle story yesterday, the Campaign for Accountability group also said that Tron has been named in multiple international law enforcement actions involving billions of dollars in transactions by alleged organised crime groups and sanctioned entities. So there appears to be a fair amount of heat around Tron at the moment. I also mentioned yesterday that this move could be impactful, particularly for the citizens of Argentina, who have been using the Tron network and stablecoins, though mostly USDT, to survive the country's inflation. But there was a question that I didn't ask yesterday that relates to this directly, and it's about Tether's USDT. 
Is there any chance that Tether follows Circle's lead and leaves Tron? That would be a devastating blow to the network. And let's be honest, it'd hurt Tether too. According to Tether's USDT transparency report, Tron is home to over half of the 101 billion USDT tokens, edging out Ethereum. Cointelegraph reached out to Tether to ask whether they plan to cease support for Tron as well. They would not confirm or deny it. In a statement to Cointelegraph, Tether said, Tether tokens are issued on several blockchains, which are simply transport layers for such tokens. Adding that, Tether retains the ability to freeze transactions on each directly supported transport layer to accomplish its compliance duties. Nevertheless, Tether actively monitors the safety of each one of the supported transport layers to ensure the highest standards of our community. I spoke to our APAC news editor, Felix Ng, about this story. Yeah, so we reached out to Tether pretty soon after the news broke that Circle had uh, ceased support for Tron, and we also asked them um, pretty directly whether they were planning similar moves, uh, and this is the statement that they gave us. Um, and yes, while it doesn't really uh, confirm or deny whether they're planning or, or considering doing the same thing, um, I, I, at the very least, if you read between the lines, we can say, look, they don't have an uh, immediate knee-jerk reaction to this. And, and frankly, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so much of Tether is uh, issued on the Tron blockchain. So, you know, any kind of move or indication of such a move uh, would have major, major impacts on the crypto economy. For context on that impact, there are currently just under $52 billion worth of USDT on Tron. So if Tether were to see support for USDT on Tron, it would be a historic moment in crypto that would have far-reaching repercussions. Right, that is your daily debrief done. A quick heads up, I will not be here tomorrow, but I am leaving you in the trusty hands of Gareth Jenkinson, and he will be recording from NFT Paris, so it will be well worth a listen. But that is it for today, so consider yourself informed. Thank you for listening to the Rise in Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph. If you're enjoying these daily updates, please make sure you let us know by following, subscribing, or leaving a review. Have a great day. Let's do this again tomorrow.